lot of new music from the artists we're watching, as well as new music from the likes of Rez, The Chainsmokers, Seven Lines, and much more. And then, of course, we're diving into the Electric Forest lineup. We're going to talk about Amazon launching their own artificial intelligence USB keyboard and much more. Let's go. What's up, listeners of Beyond the Beats, our EDM champions? Thank you guys so much for coming back for episode 41. If you guys are new to the podcast, let me lay it down for you right now. This is a podcast about EDM news and culture where we talk about the stuff that we love. Speaking of we, you got me, Samir Singhal from New York City, a fellow EDM champion. And we got my boy, one of my best friends, Alec Prieto, out there in San Francisco. Alec, how you doing, brother? What's up? Doing pretty well, man. Uh, how to... Bit of a crazy weekend. We'll, we'll jump into it, but I've been very active on the EDM trail this uh, this week, so it was good to get back into yeah. the clubs and start seeing some people. Dude, I love it, man. You're out there clubbing. You're out there, you know, <laughs> booty shaking, and you're out there having a good time. That's what it's all about, brother. That's what it's all about. The booty shaking. I don't know, man. Only when you're around. That's that's when I reserve it for. Hey, what up? I love it. I love it. But you know what? Let's dive into it, man. Because you know, I'm just. I love this song, man. We're going to go into the on-repeat section. It's a, it's the section of the show where one of us plays a song here on the show that has just been absolutely killing our eardrums with the amount of times that we have played it over and over again this past week. This week, my on-repeat is Alesso's song, In the Middle. Guys, you can hear it building up, and I'm sure you already know this song, but if you haven't heard it, I'd be very shocked. I'd be very upset, but let's, let's play a little preview of it for you guys right here. Check it out. This is Alesso's song, In the Middle. Great selection. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's a combination of like Alesso style and then also having Summer Camp on the song as well. And then the vocalist. I think it's a really, really cool track. And I love how in the second drop it gets a little bit more intense, but it comes back down into like its uh, foundation, if that makes sense. So, guys, this is this is like one of my absolute favorite songs that came out in 2019. I, I, I can bump this song at any time, any place, and I'm still loving it. It's interesting you brought this up because I know Alesso has just been crushing it right now i feel like Dude, every, murdering it right like his new releases i'm much much more into than i would even say probably you know circa the 2017 20 
yeah. 18. I just didn't wasn't really as much, Lester wasn't really on my radar per se, but he's definitely back on it. Totally, man. And you know what? I would make the argument that with Hardwell kind of taking a hiatus from touring, I would say that Alesso is the new king of the main stage. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. hot EDM take. champions. Hot take. If you disagree with me, fire those uh, Twitter figures over at me at podbtb or shoot us a DM at on Instagram at btb.pod. You know, I want to hear your take. I want to hear your thoughts on that. But dude, you know what? Let's dive into this. But Alec, I mean, I know you just had a really, really fun weekend. So let's hear about it, man. I did. I did. And this is actually perfect time before we delve into the new music from artists we're watching section because... I got to meet up, have a quick chat afterwards, but more importantly, got to meet up and see Tyler Lawrence. Shout out to him, San Francisco native DJ. When we featured him quite a while back, quite so he's, a while ago, dude. So he's one of the OGs of the podcast of the artists that we're watching. And I tell you what, man, one, he's a great guy, and two, he just knows how to get the vibe going. I mean, this was a it was a bottomless brunch, SantaCon themed thing. So everyone was decked out in Santa gear, which was awesome. He really nailed the vibe perfectly. Everyone was having a fantastic time. He had everyone going. It was one of those where, you know, it's not too packed, but there's definitely enough people there to get the energy up. And he just did a fantastic job mixing in. He put in a few of those, you know, Christmas classics in there as well, as well as some of the remixes there. But um, also briefly to mention, I did get the chance to see lsd dream and schlump and dmvu actually who opened up i didn't realize Dude, until nice. i got there yeah that was a thursday night um i saw them at ten fifteen Folsom. it was good definitely recommend going to go see them um you know it's been a long time coming since i wanted to see dmvu particularly uh but i was very impressed with lsd dream actually let's just quickly run through what we're going to be talking about here right so we got new music from the artists that we're watching really really stoked on the fact that you just saw tyler lawrence live Freaking love that, dude. Then we're talking about new music from people like Jason Ross and Seven Lines, Rez and Yoltron. We're talking about G. Jones. Steve Aoki did another collab. We got Anna. We got a bunch of great people here, right? Then we're moving into the news and culture section. Talking about the E-Forest lineup. Some people are a little bit pissed off. Some people got some mixed feelings and some people are psyched. You know how it is with every lineup drop, but you know what? We're going to talk about it in just a little bit. Then, Alec, thank you so much for doing this. You know, you you posted a community question slash topic on our Instagram, and, you know, we had somebody who reached out to us and wanted us to discuss a a topic, so I'm really, really pumped up to get into this. We're going to be talking about ticket resellers and scams and fake tickets, so guys, stick around for that. I want to, sorry, quick thing on that, but everyone, please, please listen to this section, because Samir has a fantastic way (laughs) to safeguard yourself. I mean, it's it's honest. I mean, honestly, it's it's fantastic, and it works every time, so... Definitely Thanks, keep, it, yeah. keep an ear out for it. Then we're, we're going to be talking about something really, really interesting here. Amazon. You guys ready for this? Amazon is launching an AWS, Amazon Web Services, Deep Composer. What is it? It's an artificial intelligence USB keyboard. So, you know what? We're going to have a really interesting topic with that. Really pumped up to get into that. Then, of course, we're talking about the anti-plur moment really really pumped up to get into this one right here man i've I've been waiting for a long time for us to dive into this but now i think the time is right then we're talking about the what are we listening to section and then of course the artists that we're watching great talent a little bit underground you know what they need your support they got fantastic tracks so we're going to talk about them we're going to preview it on the show right back up to the top new music from the artists that we're watching let's talk about volik alec volik that's that's my initial reaction is oof, this song, Deceva, wow, what a track. Volok has just been, 
I know we say crushing it, a lot of people are, but we genuinely mean it in the case of Volok. He has been just on an absolute tear. I just Every single that he's released thus far has just been a phenomenal release. And I, I just, I'm so glad that we had a chance to catch him early on in his career when he only released a couple of songs and some remixes. But I tell you what, man, this is just the sign that Volok is soon going to start blowing up. This was like a nice signature volley kind of. It's not necessarily mid tempo, but it's yeah. a, it's a little bit more glitchy, um, right? A little bit more glitchy mid tempo, uh, but not not too deep on the bass where it's like you know the, the bass that kind of like rattles your bones, if that makes sense. So more like glitchy mid tempo is what, what I, I would I call guess. it. Right? I guess, I guess, but it's there's hard. some build up. It's hard. It's hard. I, Progressive yeah. mid tempo, perhaps we could just wow. create something wow. look, new. Look at us. This guy, he knows his sound. He knows what he's doing. And every single one of his tracks that he releases, one after another, they just get better and better and better, dude. You know, he's done a lot of great remixes, but I'm just pumped up to be getting some originals from him. And that's what we got out of here with the song Dissever. So 2019 was a big year for this guy, but I'm looking forward to hearing what he's got up his sleeve in 2020, man. Huge. It's going to be massive, man. I'm calling it here first. You heard it first on Beyond the Beats. Love it, man. Let's move on to Inzo. Let's talk about the song Angst. Alec, Inzo was was an artist that you featured on the show as an artist that, that we're watching. My dude. This is a really, really dope track, man. Amazing track. Amazing DJ from what I've heard. I've only heard great things about seeing him live. I know he's currently on tour, so shout out to you and Zoe for crushing at the clubs. I've read several really, really positive reviews of your show, so I absolutely love I, You know, unfortunately, man, I, I think I missed him when he came to San Francisco. Yeah. Kaivon was here, too. But this song, man, Angst, this is just a, a classic. He's really getting his classic sound.
the thing I love about Enzo's tracks is I really love the is it a movie where is he getting these samples from it's some like narrator right I I don't I don't don't want to say I I have no idea who it is I feel like it's a familiar voice so we'll definitely look into that but if if anyone out there has listened to Enzo's song you know what I'm talking about when they have this awesome narrator bringing everything in it's a slow build up absolutely and then he just and then the drops it's like this is the thing with Enzo he each drop is slightly different and it's different from one another and I love that because it keeps things interesting it keeps you want to move it just makes you it's something where you can just visualize this being spectacular if you're seeing him on a festival stage or even a nice no club stage right how about you man Would, how do you feel about Bro, this fucking love this track man you know what man i want to say uh, i'm gonna be a little bold here i'm gonna say this is like a nice follow-up to overthinker yeah you know what i mean like there you go edm champions just so everybody knows overthinker was a song that alec had previewed on the show here I feel like this song right here was a perfect next step to to Overthinker. You know what I mean? I don't know. It felt like they were both like in counterbalance with one another, right? So like both on like different sides of the spectrum in terms of the vibe that they were trying to cultivate. It's like cool to see like a flip side of Overthinker in the song Angst. The narration part, it was almost, it seems it could have been part of the same conversation or yeah. monologue that was, you know, uh, the, where the other one and Overthinker were that piece that piece of the narration was taken from it was almost on the same topic so dude let's cap this section off with some new music from the artists that we're watching in og alec in og the original the original oh my lordy we're talking about social kid yes that's right i want to say man might have been episode one or definitely episode two but my man, he's back with some new music. He was a little bit quiet. He was a little bit quiet uh, when when Alec had uh, after Alec had discovered him. But now he's back with his song "Trust Me" that he did with Lyra. Dude, fucking love this yes. song, man. Great rumbles in the bass, mid tempo from Social Kid. He knows what he's doing, yes. man. I, and I like that he's taking his time with his releases. He's focusing on quality, not quantity. got it and it's great to see him releasing these i i know he went a bit quiet because he had and i remember we chat with him on instagram and he was saying that he's got a lot of stuff that he's been working on so it's nice to see that he might be done with all the studio time and is now getting some steady releases going on the calendar but you talk about good mid-tempo man and this is the guy you've got to look to he is someone that is starting to 
rise up in the mid-tempo scene. You know, it was very big, I think, towards the beginning of 2019. I think it's still as big. It's still there. But he gives it a little bit more of an underground feel, if you know what I mean. It's not yeah. the mid-tempo that you'll hear from someone like 1788L. Totally, right? totally, dude. Or even Rez when she drops some of her mid-tempo tracks. Like, this is a very underground warehouse type of thing where you could even see it i mean people like shout out again to no etiquette people like that where yeah. it's a little bit more of that underground grungy type of mid-tempo not as much in the huge drops and the you know in the big build-ups and things like that i hope i categorize that perfectly i think you got it i think yeah, you got it, man. It's, yeah. it's definitely it's it's just an interesting take so champions please check out the show notes to go through all of the people that we've just mentioned volk inzo and social kid as well as lyra i'll put lyra in there lyra has some awesome tracks as well but as always you could definitely find this in in our show notes dude We've got more amazing, fresh releases to cover. So let's do it. Let's do it. New music from the likes of Jason, Ross, and Seven Lions, dude. They did a collab. It's called Known You Before with the vocalist Emily Brandt. Alec. Oh, yeah. I love this track, dude. (laughs) I'm really really in on it. But let me just, let me be honest. Let me be a little bit honest here. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Lyrics were a little cheesy for me. All right, I'll just put it out there. Okay, and uh, yeah, and and I said this, uh, I said this on last week's episode as well with the new Elenium and Akali song. And you know, what? I'm gonna continue on with this trend again. Maybe my my icy heart is freezing up again because of how cold <laughs> it is out here in New York City. But you know, look, I think I think Emily Brandt sounded nice. I like the motif of the track. I just thought the lyrics were a little bit cheesy. But you know what? That's just my opinion. I thought Jason Ross classic Ajuna beats sound in the first drop, and then Seven yes. Lines comes up and just straight up double smacks you in the face with his sound. <laughs> uh, and I'm just really pumped up on this track. Alec, what'd you think? This was a really great collaboration. Very much a fan of how Jason Ross and Seven Lines team up and produce a track together. Because it's got the real trancey elements to it, but then Seven Lines adds his more melodic take to it. You know, as you were saying, Samir, on that second drop. But overall, you know, it, they, they match the sounds it welded to create a really cohesive uh, track you know, to the point where it was even the second drop kind of, you know, took me by surprise, but it yeah. wasn't necessarily jarring, right? It wasn't something where it was like, oh, where did this come from? It was... Yeah, it, like, it, it shifted the tone, but you, you saw yes, it coming too. Exactly. Yeah. Or like you could look back, it's like, okay, that's a logical progression there. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult on these type of collabs with artists who have varying, you know, levels of... <laughs> and they go harder, uh, yeah. for lack of a better term, right? And Seven Lines certainly does more so than Jason Ross. But they really melded this well together where that second drop was a very nice logical you know uh next step from the beginning of the song so great job seven lines of jason ross moving on rez teamed up with yultron i know this is something that a lot of people have been waiting for the track hell on earth samir what do you think about this dude um i liked it i liked oh, it oh okay song. a yeah. little hesitation there go on explain yeah it's uh you know, I, I like that you know, Rez is doing some collaborations with other artists because I think that's important, you know what I mean, in mm-hmm. making sure that, like, your sound doesn't get stale. But also, at the same time, like, just learning new things. Because I feel like when artists collaborate with one another, they learn stuff from each other. And I really like that. And you can see that in their subsequent productions as well. This song, I thought, was, you know, still classic Rez sound. But, you know, I like I like Yoltron's influence in this. I don't know. It didn't feel like anything too unique. You know what I mean? When you combine the sounds of Rez and Yoltron, I think I was expecting a little bit more from this. Alec, what did you, you think about this song? 
In- interesting that you say that. So I think this was a little bit of a step in a different direction from Rose, actually. I think this is really? a little bit different from her signature sound. Well, you hear, I, I don't want to say this because, you know, someone's going to call me out for being wrong about it. But do you know what I mean when I say, <laughs> right? Where no, speak it's your almost, truth, Alex. Speak your truth. Speak my truth, man. It's my truth. No, you, you, your Tron has influenced it. It almost seemed like it, it, the, the beat was slightly different. Um, than mm. Reza's other tracks. If you go back and listen to it, there's a little bit more of a trap influence in it. Uh, you know, it's still mid-tempo, but the beat is certainly slightly different if you go back and listen to some of Reza's like old faster. stuff, at least. I would, I would agree it's a yeah, faster track, yeah. It, exactly, but it's just, the the drop is just different from what she had been doing, but it's still definitely within the Reza's, Reza's range of her signature sound. Yeah. But I, I think what interested me more about this track, I mean, I, I'm like you, I'm okay on it. I thought it was a good track. It's nothing that, you know, I'm going to write home about or get particularly right. hyped up on. But I thought it was a very solid release. But what I'm really interested in is seeing what Yultron took away from this, because this is certainly mm. something that he hasn't delved too much into, right? And maybe he has, uh, I, I just didn't realize that Yultron was really into this type of music from yeah. a production standpoint. So maybe this is a sign that there's, he's going to incorporate more of this sound into his sets and things and even, you know, releases on his own. So I'd be really interested to see um, what he does there on out. Again, I'd say look out, see what Yultron does with this type of sound. Guys, let us know what you think. Twitter at PodBTB, Instagram at BTB.Pod. Let us know if you disagree. Dude, let's move into this, right? Anna, she had another release on Drum Code Records. Guys, if you don't know who Anna is, let me tell you how to spell it. You ready? Okay, it's going to be on the quiz. <laughs> A-N-N-A, Brazilian techno DJ. She is murdering it, dog. She is murdering it. I absolutely love her. Seeing her live at EDC Vegas this year was a real pleasure. She's got a new track called Galactic Highways off of her EP, Galactic Highways. Dude, this this track was awesome you know what i mean like here's the thing we talked about this before with anna we talked about this before with drum code records but some folks would say that drum code records is more big room techno like it's very formulaic when when you see a release on drum code records you already know what sort of sound you're getting but i like what anna's doing and that she's adding in more elements to create a bigger more vibrant atmosphere if that makes sense and galactic highways is a fantastic track it kind of like it makes you feel like you're in uh what like like in a fast and furious movie you know what i mean and you're like all right let's rev up the engine let's freaking go huh okay i wouldn't i would not have uh, thought that sorry continue <laughs> now maybe not fast and furious like maybe tron you know what i mean like you're, yes like, okay yeah, yeah, yeah like you're on mm-hmm. one of those motorcycles <laughs> and, and just creating the fucking lights everywhere yeah well i wouldn't be surprised if fast and furious takes uh, they divulge into the space racing arena too i mean the amount of movies they're <laughs> pumping out i don't really know what's uh, left for them on planet earth yeah um so maybe then i could see you know Arno racing around saturn's rings yeah. right something like that you know in those space races cross between star star wars and fast and furious crossover that'll be an interesting one love it uh, please um, narrated by morgan freeman please <laughs> anyways give, give me your thoughts i hope that never comes to the light of day that movie. <laughs> um yeah so this is I would say this is along the lines of Anna's signature sound. She has that drum code label, you know, the the foundations to all of her tracks do seem to be that way. However, what I love about Anna and I think is rather unique about her is the atmospheric elements that she's always adding in, right? Like those instrumental layers. It really almost makes you feel like you're being transported to a different dimension. It's got that galactic type of sound to it. 
where it sounds totally. almost alien and, and futuristic and sci-fi, but yet grounded in reality of Earth with those pounding beats. So it's it's not something that's like a, a straight-up sci-fi track, I would say, and her sound generally isn't that as much, but she makes it seem almost, you know, supernatural, you know, paranormal as well. So to this, I'm a little bit worried, Samir. I thought you weren't going to like that, but glad that um, No, wh- why would you, you say that? that? Well, I wasn't that, sure. I, like I wasn't sure. I mean, you're the techno guy here, so I just have to make sure that, you know, it's up oh, to your Alex. standards that my selections I'm, I'm are I'm growing up. I'm growing up. You know what I mean? I'm getting more mature. I'm being more open to new ideas and things. You've always been, I, to be fair to you, you've always been pretty good with that. Yeah, well, actually, this is a perfect segue because with this, when you put this on here, you're really showing how Samir Singhal is opening his mind and horizons to other sounds which he may not be used to listening to before. And that is no other epitomized by this selection from my man Samir, <laughs> Steve Aoki, Sting and Shade, two in a million, that track. Tell us what you think, man. I've been hyping this up. Right. What do you think? Okay, can I start with the cons and end with the pros? Sure, go ahead. Okay, cons. The name of this track is just stupid as shit. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, it's just dumb. Okay, two in a million. Like, I get it. It's a play on one in a million. Like, oh, we are one in a million, you know, but, like, now you're with somebody, so it's two in a million. Okay, I... I guess, but that's that's a big miss for me. So sorry, dude. <laughs> However, I will say you got to respect that Steve Aoki is getting very creative with the people that he collaborates with, and I, I can really, really appreciate mm. that. We we talked about the Backstreet Boys about five or six episodes back, right? The song that he did with them. Now for him to team up with Sting and to team up with Shade. I mean, Shade, I can see that happening, but Sting. That the reason why this track interested me so much was because he teamed up with Sting on this one. The the frontman of the police, you know, somebody who was in his heyday back in the 70s, 80s. Well, to be fair, Sting also just did an album with Shaggy. And you guys are like, you mean Shaggy from the song It Wasn't Me? Yes, Shaggy from the song It Wasn't Me. They just put out a reggae-styled album together. So I know, like, this is not an episode about what Sting is up to, but, like, it's just really interesting to see, like, who Stevie Aoki is collaborating with. And I thought, even though I didn't like the title or the lyrics of this song all that much, I still think Shade sounded great. I thought yep. Sting sounded great. He still got it even at his current age right now. And uh, I thought this was actually a pretty good song. Um, I It's it's catchy. It's catchy and it's got a nice drop. And I thought the production was pretty nice as well. Alec, what'd you think? I agree with you, man. I, I'm actually right on board with your analysis of this. Um, you know, the, song, uh, the title, I, I don't really mind too much about it but i see what you're saying and it's definitely it's not a title that will blow you away and you're like wow what yeah. an aptly named song wow yeah um, so yeah well, well to be f- to be fair i don't <laughs> exactly to be fair i don't know aside from people like porter robinson and such i don't really know how much thought goes into the naming of the of the track anymore as much right i don't yeah maybe like the names of tracks are like it's an afterthought more so than like you know, something that used to be thought about a lot more. Right. I, I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want to be unfair to it, but it just does seem like in the in the single era, right, where people are just putting out singles, it's not sure. as much about crafting the story. Anyhow, I, I digress there. But this song, I was very surprised, just like you, Samir, when I saw that Sting was on this track. I tell you what, though, I mean, it's just a sign. I mean, maybe it's a sign of Sting trying to get creative, but I just feel like we're seeing more and more OGs, right, from other yeah. genres and other eras of music or rather i should say decades of music getting in on the electronic music bandwagon or no i wouldn't say bandwagon i should say they're just teaming up and trying things out working with these producers so really glad to see that sting and steve aoki teamed up and again it's great to see him creative i thought the track was good it's not gonna be one of my favorite again nothing i'm gonna write home about however i thought it was pretty good and i was just impressed that they were able to pull off this collaboration me too me too, dude. Let's dive right into it, into the news and culture section. But hold up. Before we dive into that, 
Alec, I think it's time that we made our formal so. announcement here. You know? Yep. All right. Ladies the podcast is ending. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. December 18th <laughs> is the last episode. Just kidding. Just kidding. We wouldn't do that to you guys. We love you. Love the EDM champions. Thank you guys so much for always supporting us. We genuinely, genuinely mean that. Uh, but we are taking a season break. Okay. We're not going anywhere. We just have lives that we need to live as well for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but even even just outside of that, uh, we are actually working on some projects like within the Beyond the Beats kind of team, uh, working on finishing up developing our website and just you know working on building up a pipeline for some special guests to come on the show and some new artists that we're going to feature and things of that nature and just taking Beyond the Beats to the next level in 2020. So we are taking a season break. Uh, and our last episode will be out on December 18th. But no worries, we will be back in mid-January with some brand new episodes of Beyond the Beats. You know, we're going to talk about all the good stuff, news and culture, new music, all the stuff that's happening in the scene that we all know and love. So stick with us through the season break as well. I'm going to be going on vacation for a little bit. Alec, I know you're pretty busy in your personal life as well. You got some stuff you got to take care of. So, yeah, we'll be around. So don't forget to follow us at btb.pod on Instagram, at podbtb. You know, also find us on Facebook. We'll keep you guys up to date with what's going on as we go to shows and things during the right. season break. Totally. And yeah. just adding on to that, man, um, we're going to be a little bit more active on social media um, during this time as well, just so that we're keeping the conversation up. So if you have totally. any topics or suggestions, please, please send them in. Uh, we'd really love to hear them because we are looking at adding in new sections and features to the podcast. And also just to say, we are officially becoming an organization over the <laughs> season break. I mean, this is the yeah. real deal. I mean, thanks to everyone that has listened to this and the support, it is time to start thinking about taking this to the next level. And that's the first step. So I'm glad to say that we will be officially an organization come season two. So that's very exciting. That's going to allow us to do a lot more of this podcast. So please, if you have suggestions, anything that you'd like to see us do more of, any other type of random feature, just let us know. We're really open to all types of feedback and we would very much appreciate actually actually so please reach out all right man now with that housekeeping out of the way this i'm really excited to talk about this because i've been very surprised by this very surprised by all of the controversy that is going on with the electric (laughs) forest lineup i mean i see i mean you know people always get kind of butthurt at some point about you know there's always there's like a percentage of people they should do a study on this like what percent of people will be really butthurt over the fact that one or two artists that they'd really like to see are missing but i think I think the the problem that people have with this is a couple of things, right? Just from the article submitted, and I think we'll we'll go through some of the the common criticism first, and we can again go back and forth on the lineup and whether we think it's um whether we think it's you know a valid uh, complaint. Firstly, the fact that Diplo is closing and headlining two on two separate occasions. What do you think about that? I'm not a big fan of Diplo's live sets. You know, I've seen him a few times, and I've just never really been that into him. And then, to be completely honest with you, to have Major Laser as well, like, I think it's kind of an easy cop-out, you know what I mean? Like, the thing is that Diplo was already in the area, in the Michigan area, because he's already doing one set for e- for E-Forest, and I'm sure, I don't know, maybe it's like a buy one, get one 50% off, and you got Major Laser, you know, still gonna be there, they're all gonna be in the area anyways, and I feel like that money just could have been used for better talent. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would agree with that. I think. Um, I I do like Diplo. I think it, it depends. I've seen some sets of his where I was like, wow, he did a really really good job. And then just some sets where, I I don't know. I just wasn't as into it. I feel like he maybe tried to cater to too large of an audience, right? Like there's times where he'll start really delving more into mixing hip hop and things like that, which is fine. Yeah, but it's yeah. just. Uh, it, it's I don't know, it's man. not. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off here. It's just about this the hip hop thing. I don't mind hip hop, right? Like I saw him at EZU 2019. I thought I did an all right job. But the reason why I'm bringing up the hip hop thing that you just you know brought up here is because I went to his higher ground showcase, right? The first time he did higher ground showcase in Brooklyn, like ever. This is his house label, his house music label, EDM Champions. Just in case you guys didn't know. And, you know, there was a part of his set where he was starting in, like, rap and hip-hop and trap, which was really odd in, in, like, what was supposed to be, like, a house music set. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, I'm not... I, I feel like I get disappointed by him a lot more than I enjoy his sets. Oh, oh no. Diplo, come on. I know. Better. you got to impress oh, the mayor over here. You know, this, this the millennial first world problems over here. <laughs> oh, no, but... Diplo, suck, suck. <laughs> But no, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I, I think that's a good critique of it though. I think, especially if you're doing a house set, you really shouldn't be delving, you, you're trying to build out your house sound, right? And you should really shouldn't be delving into too much hip hop. Because when I say house, it's not like he's doing G house or anything like that. Right. He, it's it's really much more of a straight classic mm-hmm. house sesh that he's going for in that sound. So I agree with you. Playing rap, I think, and hip hop is not the best uh, fit for that. So I, I think... I think they have my support when people are criticizing Diplo there. Now, I think the the second piece, which is tied onto this, is the fact that Grizz is very noticeably missing from this. And I think a lot of people were getting really hyped up about it. I think there's some rumors going around um, because it should be worth noting that this is the the decade one celebration. So it's the 10 yeah. years there. So this is a really big lineup. And I think people... People out there, the people who go to Electro, of course, I know that they absolutely love Grizz, so they were really getting the hopes up for it. But what, what do you think? I, I think really the, the critique then is not so much that Grizz wasn't there because, I mean, the, you know, people are always going to single out individual artists that they want to see, particularly the big yeah. ones, right? Yeah. We're Skrillex. Right, exactly, right? We're the chain smokers, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think what that critique really is going um, extended on for, and a lot of people were talking about this on social media, is they just seem to not be very impressed with the lineup overall. But in my opinion, man, this lineup is stacked. It's like, did they just not read yeah, the undercard? This is a nice fucking like, lineup. It is yeah. a stacked lineup. And I, I I got I was really upset with the fact that people were just overlooking all of the amazing names. And perhaps that's the way that they, you know, put out this this poster and, and all the all the lineups, you know. It's it seems like they're just some people who are buried deep within the undercard that yeah. just shouldn't be buried deep within there. So what are some people that really stand out to you that you think should have been, I don't know, maybe capitalized a bit more, emphasized a okay. bit more? Thank you for asking this question because, Alec, I will agree with you that this is a stacked undercard. However, I think Efar's kind of fucked up a little bit in not putting Noisia up yes. in one of the bigger sections, yeah. dude. What the it's fuck their, is up with that? I That's not know. right. How do you I do don't that? Know. It's their last bloody time playing. It's the tw- at the end There's, of 2020. I, They're I calling just, it. I don't get it. I don't I understand. Don't understand it. Dude. Don't understand. That is such disrespect, man. It's craziness. It really is craziness. But um, you know, man, I think that should be that it... should be an anti-plur moment. Damn it! Actually, that is real big <laughs> disrespect. Like they must know. They they know that they're, they're yeah. giving it up. Or if they don't, then have your intern do some research, for Christ's sake. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, there's a reason why Noisier... Yeah. I mean, I don't think Noisier's ever played Electric Forest before. And I think there's a reason why they're making much more of an effort is because they know yeah. they have a very global fan base. Um, and it just it does seem like a bit of disrespect, to be honest. It really does. Um, yeah, that they're not highlighted more. Anyhow, sorry, I'll let you continue. No, I honestly, I think I think that one is like the one name, in my opinion, that should be moved up a little bit higher. I'm just scrolling through this lineup again. I think I think people are placed 
pretty nicely. I think the problem is... Wait, wait, hold on, but Mr. Carmack is buried in there. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I think he should be in that second tier. You're right, you're right. I'm sorry, Mr. Carmack. I, I didn't mean to to offend like that, my man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Noisia and Mr. Carmack, I would totally agree with you on that. But here's a problem that I have with, like, just the way that this poster looks and the way that a lot of lineup announcement posters look. It's very busy. It's a very busy yeah. poster, especially in the part where the names of the artists are listed and especially in the part where the undercard is listed. So it's like I feel like it's just too much to look at. You know what I mean? What I like about EDC Vegas's announcement is that when you get that lineup poster announcement, you got a little bit of a design at the top, a little bit of design at the bottom, and then like the, the very middle chunk of it where all the names are are nicely laid out and everybody has the same size name. And I think like EFARS could do a little bit better job maybe just kind of lessening the craziness of what is going on in the poster to make names stand out better in the undercard list what about you who, who you think it should be a little bit higher up oh man well i mean there's, there's quite a few people but before I, I go into that i just want to give a very very special shout because i think this go. is yeah you know where i'm going with this there this is an absolutely humongous deal we've got an artist that we're watching in the lineup officially he's buried into that undercard but of course we are talking about quiet bison shout whoa, out whoa, to you dude, man dude, dude. Shh. You gotta, you gotta lower your voice. It's oh, sorry. Quiet, quiet. quiet bison. Congratulations to Quiet Christ. Bison. <laughs> dude, that's huge. I'm so pumped up for him, man. I'm really, really excited for him. He is a young dude. It, just the amount of success that he's had in his career so far, and now making it to the E-Forest lineup, this is a massive thing, dude. It's absolutely massive, you know, and I think he's just, I think the support that he's gotten from other artists has really helped him along. But let's go ahead, and I will give you the people that I think should have been higher. Um, looking through this right now, I think people who maybe could have been higher would include Medusa being a little bit lower. Mm. Um, not because of the... I just would have thought that they put them a bit higher considering how big their one single has been. That's a little bit more of a surprise. I don't think they're necessarily deserving of it, but I'm just a little surprised about how they put that down there. E, I thought Eprom was interesting being buried mm. a little bit in there because the, yeah. the vibe of this, I know... If you think about how the vibe of Electric Forest, someone like Eprom really matches it well. And they decided to put Closey, who I'm a big fan of. Closey's in much bigger letters. And I think someone yeah. like Eprom, if, if Closey is up there, I really do feel like Eprom could be higher up there too. Also a little bit surprised about Hex Cougar being buried in there as well. I think, again, it's kind of a vibe thing. I think... There's a lot of people who would be very big on Hex Cougar being there. And just in general, I, I, I don't know if there's anyone who necessarily, anyone else who I'd say should be higher, but to the people who are complaining about the lineup, I mean, there's just so many people in here. You've got Bleep Bloop. You know, someone, you've got Golf Clap in there, which is going to be a fantastic <laughs> set. You've got LSD Dream. Uh, you've got Miha in there. You've got, oh, well, this is a big one. We haven't really talked about Sudden Death Presents Void. Yes, yes. That should be in the middle tier, in my opinion. I agree. That should I agree. be in the middle tier. No, well, the Hard Trap King is there. Say my name. He's also in there. He's buried oh, deep in yes, there as well. Yes. Absolutely. He's right there. And next to someone else, Rusko. I just would have thought Rusko would have a little bit more of a highlight yep. around him. I mean, he's got a lot of followers there. Um, other than that, I think, you know, this is just a very, very stacked set. So for anyone that seems a little bit down on it, definitely go out and go and look at the you know the poster in a little bit more detail and and lastly before we move on from e4 so i don't want to spend too too much more time on it but despite all of the controversy around it it's sold out i think the fastest fastest it's ever sold out before on the same day dude it sold out in one day 
That's holy wild. shit! I can't. I could not believe it when when uh, my group chats are blowing up about how uh, Efar sold out in like I don't know. It's just sold out in a couple of hours, if I recall correctly. Very qu- very quick. There was not too, yeah. too much time. Um, I, I'm looking at the at it like right now, and I'm looking at like the different ticketing options and everything. It's just sold out in red letters, sold out everywhere. It's craziness, man. Never seen anything like that. But you know, this happened with EDC Vegas as well. You know what I mean? It didn't happen with Ultra. And uh, I think this this could warrant a bigger discussion. We don't have to go into this right now, but I think it could just warrant a bigger discussion. Like, you know, we were talking about how in the IMSBs report that EDM was is on is starting to kind of level out. You know what I mean? It's starting to level out with the market. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm going to be very interested to see the the end of the year 2019 stats on like festivals, like EDM festivals, and like how are they performing? Because EDC Vegas selling out, and I know that's part partially attributed to the fact that like they had that crazy payment plan where you only put ten dollars down to reserve your ticket. But also, EFAR selling out as well. It's kind of nuts. You know, man. Here's the thing, and I, I don't want to be a conspirator here at all. But in general, it seems like all these festivals are magically selling out, right? It does seem like there's so many different festivals that are now selling out all of a sudden, right? Yeah. I wonder if there's some scarcity marketing going on here. Do you know what I mean mm. when I say that? Yeah. That they are yeah. like, almost kind of artificially. Mm, Right. Well, what they're doing is almost, you know, either like you said with Creamfields before when they um, we talked about that a long time oh, ago. So right? irritating. Where they were just constantly saying, oh, it's nearly sold out, nearly sold out or whatever, like, you know, and just constantly perpetually doing that. But I wonder if they're trying to purposefully uh, restrict the amount of tickets available so that it would sell out early to create even more hype around it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see them definitely restricting the market a bit just to create that little bit of extra hype. I think we'll definitely see it in the data with the new IMS Ibiza report. I think that's going to be out in April or March. Nice. For I'm the year of 2019. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll touch base again on, on that particular question. But moving onwards, I just wanted to say a big, big thank you and shout out to Bedfo. 017 is that here you could go ahead yeah, yeah his his name is brad he's a good guy edm champions we're gonna be talking about this this whole thing about fake ticket resellers and and how to best kind of combat yourself against these kinds of ticket resellers so let me give you guys a little bit of a background here right and before we dive into this topic because i, I think this is really important for you know people who go to festivals people who go to shows there's a it's a big thing especially in large cities like new york and, and san francisco that tickets are selling out like this right they sell out super, super quick. It's also to the point where, like, then everybody buys these tickets and then they jack up the prices to sell online. But then when when that happens, you know, people will list tickets on StubHub, but then people will also be on the Facebook event page trying to sell tickets, some of whom will be real and some of them will be fake. And one thing that I've noticed here in New York is that I feel like there are a lot of fake profiles out here trying to sell tickets. And so, you know, there's one thing to kind of know about me when it comes to festivals. I tend to buy my tickets to festivals last minute. And when I say last minute, I don't mean like the day before the festival, but I'm talking about like two or three weeks before the festival, because here's what happens, right? What happens is that folks will buy these tickets thinking that they're going to be able to go to like an EDC Vegas, or they're going to be able to go to Ultra. And then the festival rolls around and then they decide that they need to sell their ticket. And in order to compete with the rest of the market, they will sell their ticket below face value, which means that you'd be able to take advantage of some savings. So that's great because, you know, festival tickets and festival trips, they're not cheap. And so when you can save a little bit of money here and there, I think that is personally worth the time and the effort to put in to kind of find a seller who is legit and find a seller who, you know, is not going to scam you in the process. But there are some guidelines that people should take in order to kind of make sure that the transaction that they're getting into 
is a legitimate transaction. And I just want to point out here that there is no way to guarantee that you will not be scammed. Like the only way to be sure of 100% legitimacy with the ticket is to buy the ticket directly from the festival or from the promoter or whoever's throwing the event. So just want to put that out there. And so here's here's the thing, right? I think that a lot of big cities like San Francisco or New York, I think that they have these Facebook groups that kind of help facilitate or try to help people find folks who are selling tickets to different events, right? So I know in New York City, there's a buying slash selling tickets Facebook group with like tens of thousands of people, actually. It's a big, big Facebook group. And then there are people in that group who are selling their tickets. And what's great about that group is that, you know, you could have people vouch for the folks who are posting that they're selling their tickets in that Facebook group. So that already kind of gives you a little like a next level of comfort with that, right? But that's, that's not foolproof. One thing that I think is important is to check out a person's profile on Facebook. Take a look at it. Do they look like they're in the scene? Because a lot of the times you're going to find that folks who go to festivals and are selling their tickets are also folks that have gone to previous festivals or previous events, and they have pictures of themselves at these events. So it kind of gives you a little bit more of this comfort feeling knowing that they're actually part of the scene. They're going to shows regularly, and they're just selling this ticket because they're not able to make it happen. Another thing to check for, do you have mutual friends with them? Okay, do you have a mutual friend? from like your high school from like way way back that is a mutual friend with this person because if you do that should give you another level of comfort knowing that this person is a legitimate person and is not going to scam you and you know what if you want to make sure that they're actually legitimate reach out to one of those mutual friends and see like hey i know it's been like 10 years since we've talked in high school but is this person legit i'm trying to buy like a 400 dollars festival ticket off of them my biggest piece of advice though you ready for this use paypal that's it (laughs) Hell Do yeah. not use anything else at all. Don't use Venmo. Don't use Cash App. Don't use Chase QuickPay. Don't use any of that shit, okay? And when I say use PayPal, use the goods or services option, okay? So, like, when you go to PayPal.com and you go to send money to somebody, right? If I try to send money to, like, Alec, for instance. I know Alec is one of my best friends, man. So, I'm going to send it to him as a friends and family option because I hope Alec would not scam me. Right, Alec? Mm. We're good, right? We'll, we'll see. Depends if he pissed right. me off or not. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, however, if I'm buying from somebody who, like, lives in, like, I don't know, somewhere else that in a city that I don't live in or somebody who, like, I don't know at all. I've met them through Facebook. Use the goods or services option because it's going to cost you a little bit no- more and that extra money will be used to help protect your purchase through PayPal if for some reason either A, ticket never shows up, or B, it's fake, you try to scan it at the gate and it doesn't work, or it's been reclaimed, you can go onto PayPal's site and then start a dispute with the seller. So only use goods or services. Why do I say that? Well, it's because Venmo, Chase QuickPay, uh, Cash App, none of them, Apple Pay, they don't offer protection like PayPal does. So I think this is super important. When the person sells the ticket, when the person ships out the ticket to you, get a tracking number so you know where that ticket is for both your records and the seller's records. But besides that, don't forget to ask for a receipt. You know, Alec, the, the amount of times that people have said, oh, I didn't ask for a receipt and I got scammed. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't understand. Like, why, why would you do that? This is $400 that you're planning to spend on a ticket. Ask for a receipt. Make sure that the name on the receipt matches the name. And I know that sometimes friends buy tickets for others, so the name might not match with the person that you're chatting with. In my opinion, for me, that's enough for me to step away, okay? Don't get desperate on tickets that are being sold. That is my guide to basically trying your best to not get scammed. But nothing is 100%. Nothing's 100%. But that's what I do. Those are the steps that I take. And I've saved some money that way, and I think it's worth the effort. No, I I love that, man. And it's definitely a really useful 
guide, I think, for people. I mean, when you were, you know, when you taught me about doing all those different steps, I definitely felt a lot more comfortable waiting for things such as festival tickets. Now, yeah. a couple caveats here. Number one, when Samir says that he waits to the last minute to buy these tickets, yes, the actual ticket itself, but all the planning that happens way, <laughs> way, way, way before. Yes, right? yes. You so know, don't I, you know me, dude? I mean, I've already got the EC Vegas suite booked up, man. You know me. I do that shit right, like almost a year in advance. Exactly, and that's the way to do it. So if you plan on going, you know you're going, do the logistical stuff first and do that earlier on. We're not saying to get the ticket and make all the different, you know, travel arrangements last minute. Definitely not saying that. So please yeah, don't do absolutely. that. That's not part of the guide. Um, the second thing is, you know, if you're using Facebook or you're not using Facebook, um, that that's fine. But Reddit is also another pretty good place. Yes. But if you're going to use Reddit, please make sure to ask them to add you on Facebook so that you can see who they are. Don't just do everything through the Reddit thread because obviously they are anonymous that way. You just want to make sure that you have a name to, um, so, so if you do get scammed or, or, or gypped off, you have the name of the actual person that was supposed to be sending it to you. You don't totally. want to just go through because they could create a fake email account and create a PayPal account that way as well. So don't, uh, don't risk that. I'd say also the other thing, man, is for the refund, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you have a categorized as a goods and services transaction, if you receive the ticket and it doesn't work within a certain time period, I think, what is it, 30 days or something, you can make yeah. a, a complaint, right? And they should refund you the money back. So it's not a guarantee that they'll that they'll refund you, but I right. think one thing that would definitely help, and I actually do this every time I walk into a festival when I buy uh, a wristband off of somebody, is I'll take a video of me holding out the like uh, of me holding the wristband, tapping it against the scanner to make sure that it allows me to go through. Oh, I do it nice. every time, every day. That's, that's Just so smart. I have video video evidence, dude. Yeah, that's smart. That's another piece of evidence too. And and then when another tip that you told me was when you're uh, sending out what you're paying for, putting everything in the notes section. Yes, of that thank payment. you. Alec. I must right. have missed that part. That's thank you for for pointing that out. So in when you're completing a PayPal transaction, it's going to ask you to put like notes in the memo of it, and so I put every single detail everything and i'm talking like for one general admission and in parentheses ga wristband for electric daisy carnival taking place in las vegas nevada from these days to this date tracking number to be you know provided by the seller all this like i put like a full novel in there but you need to cover your asses that's why you need to be thorough when it comes to these kinds of things. That's the only way to really help you out and help yourself out to make sure you don't get scammed. Yeah, I mean, that's some great picks. So hopefully you get some value out of that and hopefully you don't get gypped off from it. So just remember there is yeah. a disclaimer on this. This isn't 100% foolproof, right? There's always going to be some random ways that, I don't know, you could get scammed from doing this. But if you're going to go do it, we highly recommend following Samir's advice. I've done it a couple of times you. before and it's been very safe. And I, I know that other people that I've talked to about it, you know, they've really um, thought it was valuable advice as well. So Samir, thank you for being the guru on that. And thanks again to Brad uh, for sending this question in with us as a really good topic. I'm glad that we were able to discuss this. Right, moving onwards. How will music be produced in the future? That's a question that I know a lot of people are thinking about. Is it just going to be robots doing it? Is it going to be robots just mashing keyboards, a physical robot? Or is bleep it just going to be... Beep, bloop, beep, bloop. <laughs> well, bleep bloop, right? I mean, he's yeah, right there. there. So there you go. Wait, so bleep bloop... Dude, are they just robots? <laughs> it's oh, just robots, man. Wow. Just a robot. Just a massive robot. Yes, an android, actually. So don't, you know, be be careful around bleep bleep. Don't yeah. anger him. We don't need the robot apocalypse. <laughs> World domination. Away. Yeah. <laughs> bleep the and blooping the entire way. Um, no, but I, this is definitely a question for a lot of 
people in the music industry is how is AI going to take a role or be a factor in the future of music production? You know, what, how much influence is it going to have on it? How much is it going to enable artists? Is it going to start taking over, particularly if you're looking at electronic music? Songs is going to start, you know, replacing the need for all these different producers. And maybe it will replace the need for ghost producers, right? If you can just have your hmm. AI, you know, machine or piece of software doing it for you, then there you go. You don't need all the ghost producers as much. We definitely talk about that at another point. But the, the reason why I say... AI potentially replacing ghost producers is because Amazon has come out with the AWS decomposer. Rather, they've just announced the launch of it. I, I will caveat that it hasn't come out yet. Release date will be soon, though. But they've announced it. Um, the video of the announcement will be in the show notes. It's a really cool idea that might worry some people. And Samir, I don't know if it worries you. We'll, we'll definitely get into that. But what is yeah. the AWS decomposer? According to them, it is the world's first musical keyboard powered by machine learning to enable developers of all skill levels to learn generative AI while creating original music outputs. So long story short there, you buy the keyboard. I think it's like $90 or $99 from Amazon. You get the software uh, from AWS, and then essentially you just start playing with the keyboard. But what's going to happen is that the AI within it is going to be able to create these generative models where they would be able to learn about how you are playing it and be able to almost finish songs for you entirely or replicate different elements for you on its own since it's teaching itself based on how you are playing the keyboard. It's also going to be used as a training device for people, not just in learning uh, generative machine learning algorithms and how to create those and incorporate it in with your music. But apparently, they're going to use it to actually teach people better production skills as well. So this is why they make sure to really highlight that actually no prior musical experience is needed. So the, the AI will be able to teach you and then once you've come up with something that you like you can automatically put it into your door of choice to so say ableton and then you'll be able to add whatever you want to it so i think really the the, the couple premises here that are important to highlight is uh, as follows i think number one they are looking for ways to speed up the music production cycle right this is definitely an efficiency play so if you're you know you've got just a couple of chords in your mind and you're trying to come out with melody i think having this artificial intelligence piece of software you know having it known how you create songs and tracks as well as it's going to be able to hopefully predict what you would want to hear better which would cut down the time needed to make a track I think that's the way that Amazon is visioning it. The second part is they claim that they want to make AI to be more creative because that's generally a thing AI isn't that capable of yet in terms of true creativity. Um, you know, but they're, they're working on it, right? Because the the problem is is that current machine learning algorithms or the ones that aren't generative. All it's doing is operating within a framework that is set by the engineer. So it's just operating within that framework. It's it, The creativity aspects was, would be how do you create a framework for this algorithm almost to be able to delve outside of that framework and be able to create new things and new frameworks for it to operate within. Um, I'm not an AI engineer, but that's kind of my high-level, non, you know, more layman term explanation of it. So Samir, let's kick this back to you. Do you think that something like this is going to really change the way that professional artists, let's start with professional ones, do you think it will really change the way that professional artists finish tracks and are producing on the road? You know, Alec, I'm really happy that you put this into our show notes because 
I never thought about how artificial intelligence would affect music and writing music and composing music. One thing that I'm just concerned about is that artificial intelligence is going to view a person's track or like what the idea that they have and the notes that they're writing and help them finish that track. And I, I think that's interesting. I think it's it's interesting, but then it, it could also be detrimental because I also feel like at the same time, AI will start to learn about what other people are doing and it's going to compute that and it's going to take a look at what is popular currently and basically kind of shape tracks so that they have the biggest mass appeal possible, which would potentially lead to, to them sounding pretty alike. Does that make sense? Like, I, like I'm concerned that AI is going to basically help people write tracks that are like positioned to become popular and to reach a wider audience. But then that sound might also become stale much quicker than it would have been if AI wasn't involved in the generation of that track. Does that make sense? I think it does, but I think that people already, without a machine, really look at what's popular and just reproduce that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's certain formulas that people look at and they just produce kind of the same things. I don't think the the deep composer is going to make that more prominent, if that makes sense. I See, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Like, I think that the deep composer, if anything, would make that happen more often. You know what I mean? Like, when a genre catches fire and when a genre, you know, receives a lot of attention or a subgenre receives a lot of attention, then there are a lot of artists that, you know, will try to jump on board and try to capture that sort of wave and try to ride to, to gain more popularity, right? And one thing I'm just concerned about now is that AI is going to make that genre stale much, much quicker than it would have been otherwise. Oh, okay. So, okay. I see what you're saying there. I think I misinterpreted your point. Like, I, feel like, I feel like music trends are going to change much, much quicker because AI is uh-huh. not involved. Yes, I would agree with that. I thought you meant it's just going to be it's oversaturated with sounds of people just imitating one another more so than it yeah, is now. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's right. more just about like music trends changing much, much quicker. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very... Uh, why would that be a concern to you? I feel like we get so easily distracted by, like, genres constantly changing that we don't realize the full potential of a genre. You know what I mean? Because there's always something new that's going to come. Let's talk about, like, Bass House, for instance, right now. You know what I mean? It's a topic that I've talked about many, many times before, and I just feel like Bass House has started to get overly saturated, and it's just going to be a trend that is going to move along, and, like, the next sound is going to come through. But at the end of the Bass House trend, have we realized the full capability of a, of the genre i don't think so in the music scene i feel like we easily jump from genre to genre to genre but i feel like now with ai it's going to happen much much quicker before we realize the full potential of a subgenre and the full potential of a sound so i guess i can see your point here but i think what the basis of your argument here seems to be that you're assuming that people are because of the abilities of these generative ai machines will hop around much faster yeah right and exactly. I, I get and i get that i think that is true however i think what's also true is that there's going to be people who will stick with a particular subgenre or genre because they see and envision the future potential i don't think they're going to be like oh well you know this machine i now have i'm going to hop around if they i feel like the machine is not going to influence that decision. If they intended to see the full potential of a particular genre, I don't think it matters how much faster you could hop around to different genres. I think they're going to stick with it no matter what other people are doing. And I'd argue that's the case right now currently. You see some people, like people like Porter Robinson, uh, you know, someone who's really worked on that sound, worked in his genre. Um, and I think you've got other people who are like that. They were always determined to stick within that genre and see it to its full potential anyways. And I don't think having the new 
technical capabilities is going to influence that any more than it does now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, okay, I, I can understand that. I think you, you swayed me a little bit here. One thing I do like about this, though, I like that the cost is minimal. It's gonna, it's lowering the barrier for entry for people who are interested in learning how to write music. I, I think I definitely would agree with you on that. And just to play devil's advocate here, though, I can already envision people being like, ah, oh, this is going to make people lazy. It's going to make producers lazy. Rather than finishing the track and start to finish themselves from the bass melody, they're going to have an AI that has already learned very well off of their style already. They're essentially just going to put in the baseline melody and then it's going to finish it for them. What what do you what would you say to those people who are worried about producers becoming lazy and just doing that? Thing is though, is I feel like that's already happening, but with ghost producers. You know what I mean? Ah, okay. Now now with artificial intelligence and you know with this keyboard that Amazon Web Services has come out with, I feel like the cost of finishing a track for a producer who's lazy is going to be much lower. Because look, if a person is fundamentally lazy, it doesn't matter if the track is going to be finished by a ghost producer or going to be finished by AI. I can understand the the laziness kind of factor in it, but I feel like if a person's fundamentally lazy, they're going to do it anyways. Right. So, so what you're saying is it's not going to make more people lazy. Is something like this coming out going to make people who weren't previously lazy more inclined to be lazy when finishing tracks and starting Ooh, tracks? Interesting question. But I think that this is just a natural progression in music technology. It's interesting that playing devil's advocate here, I, I don't think, like you, I don't think it's going to make more people lazy. But I do wonder if the if it will bring down potentially, and I, and I don't know about this, potentially the, the quality of there's going to be more the one thing with opening the barriers to entry it's great more people can learn to do that but what you do start losing control of is potentially the quality of it right so you might have more people who wouldn't be able to break into the scene now being able to because they've just about learned the basics right so my my question is i wonder if there's going to be an oversaturation of producers i i think the one thing that people should be just keeping an eye on is whether this is going to reduce the quality of music production overall if you're looking at it from an average. Like, you know, is it going to make people more lazy with it? Is it going to give more people potentially a platform who aren't that great? I don't know. Right. I mean, I know I threw a lot out there, man, but not really too much. No, I mean, the, the thing is, though, this is such a, it's a new voyage in music technology. There's really nothing else like it out there. And even this AI keyboard has not even been launched by Amazon. So the effects of what this thing is actually going to do it's 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 yet to be seen. One thing is for sure is that there's no stopping it. You know what I mean? It's going to come. It's going right. to happen. Now it's just a matter of making sure that artists use this sort of technology responsibly and to make sure that we don't lose the authentic sound that an artist has to technology and what the computer-generated sound is going to be. As you said to me, you're 100% right. It is coming, and I don't know if there's any stopping it. So we'll just have to see. Champions, if you have a particular opinion on this topic please let us know as samir said before you can reach us on twitter at pod btb or on instagram at btb.pod that was a good one man i thought that was that a really was a interesting nice conversation topic. man yeah i'm really pumped up on that thanks for including that of course <sighs> all right Dude, we get we, yeah, we, well it's time we got our next news and culture topic here we do right? This is a this is gonna be an interesting one i can't this wait to delve into this it's huge this is huge okay edm champions let me tell you what's up, all right? I'm scrolling through my Facebook page, right? I'm scrolling through my Facebook homepage, and my eyes, they dart over to this article. And the article is titled, Daft Punk 
are back in the studio for 2020 return. I was like, oh my god. As a consumer of music news, I, I had to click on this article, right? Because that's what responsible news consumers do. So I click on the article, right? In the second sentence, it says, and I'll quote, While this hasn't been officially confirmed, the popular music website has had a good track record in the past when it comes to predicting big drops in the music industry. And this article is referencing the Has It Leaked website. But wait a minute. Let me go back to the title of this article. It says, Daft Punk are back in the studio for 2020 return. Okay, let me scroll back down a little bit here. While this hasn't been officially confirmed. (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? Did I just get baited? Did I just get clickbaited? Yeah, I did. Guys, the anti plur moment this week. Clickbait articles from EDM blogs. Get, you know what, Al? Can, can, we, can we give a little bit of background here? Is it, is it cool <laughs> to give a little bit of background here? Yeah, go ahead. Of course. Okay. It's time that we let this out, all right? Alec and I, back in October 2018, the reason why we wanted to start this podcast is, one, we, we love, love, love this scene. We love electronic music. And... We love being a part of it. We love attending events. We love reading about it. And we love listening to the music. But the one thing that we felt like this scene was missing was conversational news sources and news sources that weren't just based on, like, trying to get people to click on the their article. You know what I mean? And, and clickbait articles, in my opinion, and Alec, I think you share this very same opinion as well, it's especially bad in EDM. Because I feel yeah. like a lot of EDM reporting is not very thorough. It's not very honest. It's not very well-researched. And it's super, super basic, right? It's like it'll be a paragraph long and there'll be 10 ads all over the article. And And it really pisses me off. And I know that it pisses Alec off as well. And that's why we wanted to start this podcast is because we want it to be an information news source. People that just go beyond talking about the very high level rumors that are around in the EDM sphere. That's why we started this podcast. Guys, the anti moment this week, clickbait articles from EDM blogs. I cannot believe this, Alec, when I saw this in my feed. This is the epitome of how bad clickbait articles can get. I mean, dude, like I said, <laughs> the title of this article read, Daft Punk are back in studio for 2020 return. And then the second, literally the second sentence of this article, while this hasn't been officially confirmed. Let's also, let's also go down a little bit here, a little bit in this article <laughs> as well, okay? Because there's, there's more of this shit, okay? It says here, the original tweet also included other notable artists such as Kendrick Lamar, Drake, Tampala, The Weeknd, plus more. And again, this guy is referencing that this account here, Has It Leaked, is notorious for putting out solid um, rumors and saying that these people are back in the studio. But it seems like this article, and a lot of articles do this, is saying like, oh, if we're wrong, it wasn't us. You know what I mean? If we're wrong, it was actually this account that led us to believe this story and this is why we wrote this story and i hate that man i feel like people are not taking full responsibility for what they're putting out in their reporting alec it's interesting because they know that this is a very eye-catching headline right so when this particular author put it out there it had to be intentional to it's almost intentionally misleading right saying saying outright that daft punk are back in a studio for 2020 return he, you know, he or she knows that there's going to get a lot of different totally. clicks onto it, right? But it's it, it is misleading because that's not at all really what the article is about, or rather, I should say, two very small paragraphs. What it's really just saying is that there is a lot of speculation from this one outlet, which is actually, to be noted, got a lot of these rumors right, saying that Daft Punk 
is probably back in the studio and they're preparing to drop new music in 2020. That is the whole gist of the entire article. That's it. That's what it's saying is that there is a yeah. rumor from a, you know, outlet that has gotten these type of things right a lot in the past. The rumor is, is that Daft Punk is coming back. Now, I don't know why this isn't the title, right? Right. I don't know. Sorry, exactly. I should say, I don't know why this is the title other than that it's trying to purposely be misleading. I don't really see yeah. how... I, I mean, I, I don't know. Did the person not really think about it? It seems kind of hard to believe that they wouldn't no, think about that. No, I'm sorry. I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> this, person, this person knew exactly what they were doing, man. Exactly what they were doing. Because it got me to click on the article because I was like, I'm so intrigued by this. But here's the thing, man. I clicked on the article, right? There are a lot of people who may have read, may just read the headline and be like, all right, right. Daft Punk, they're back in the studio. We're going to hear some new music from them in 2020. This is guaranteed. This is what's going to happen. But this this kind of stuff happens also outside of EDM news. This totally. happens in everyday news, right? Where people will just read the title of an article because it's in their Facebook feed and it gives them a quick preview of just the, the title of the article, but they won't click on the actual details to learn more. But the problem is that we need to hold up EDM news blogs. We need to hold them up to a higher standard because honestly, man, shit like this should not be allowed. Because again, if this person is wrong, if this news source is wrong, the way that they have crafted this article is they're basically saying, has it leaked? This is the name of the account that they're referencing. Has it leaked is the one who gave us this information. It's not on us. So if we're wrong, it's really their fault. Nobody's taking accountability for what they're putting out here. And I don't like that. I, I don't even know if it's, it's so much an accountability thing as much as they're just trying to get something that's eye-catching and get people to get to their site. So that I don't think they're really saying you should blame, you know, has it leaked for this? Because I think it's more just, <laughs> they're just more saying, here's the title, Daft Punk are back in the studio for 2020 return. Ah, but there's actually a little caveat here. It's a rumor, right? They're just yeah. backtracking it exactly. a bit from their own statement to justify them releasing this article at all. It, it does aggravate me so much, man. And I, I'm so glad that you put this on here because it is something that needs to be stamped out, not just in the EDM sector, but also across all sectors of news. And I and I can see a defense coming right away saying, oh, well, it's not our fault that people don't click on the article and read. They just look at the headline and just take it at face value and that's it. Well, you know, one, that people are doing that on Facebook. And two, yeah. that's not proper justification for putting a misleading title. Just because people aren't going to read the entire article does not mean you can put whatever you want in the headline. Right. That's just not, <laughs> that, that argument doesn't work. And I've heard it made before and it really aggravates me because it just doesn't make any sense logically if you actually think about it. And you're a journalist. You are supposed to be informing people, educating people relaying information correctly, accurately, and precisely, not misleading people so that you can get clicks. And I, I'm, again, it is something that really upsets me, and I'm very glad that we're calling it out because it just needs, it needs to stop. And I, I don't know if there's any other way to stop it than just having the authors stop it themselves. We're not going to call out the person by name, but I think it just really, this just really needs to change. Dude, I'm really happy we finally got that off our chest because... It's just ridiculous. And we need to hold these these blogs and these news sources up to a higher level. Guys, let's bring the plur back, though. Let's talk about this, man. The what are we listening to section, all right? We got two songs here. We got Apache featuring Geoffroy. I hope I said that right. With the song Distance. And then we also have another song from the Chainsmokers and Kaiga. The song is called Family. Dude, 
Let's get into it, man. Let's talk about a Pashi song with Geoffroy Distance. What do you think of it? Man, I actually really, really enjoyed this song. I, you know, I'm a fan of Apache. I will have to say I love the cinematic elements that he brings in. If you haven't listened to Apache before, you can expect some orchestra type of cinematic elements added to all of his songs. He has the opera singer vocals in the background, and there's always just very grandiose feeling to his songs. It's cinematic trap is really how I would describe nice, it I like that um yeah if there's a few other people in that space um i think jinko shout out to jinko it's another person who puts out very cinematic-esque uh trap but really apache is the only one that i've heard who puts in you know i mean he's got organ chords in there and he does on a lot of his songs and he adds in these you know really beautiful opera-like type of vocals um always or just sounds to all of his tracks and i really think that the rap from geoffrey here worked very well i actually like when apache has rappers on um i think he knows how to pick them and knows how to create a beat for them so i really enjoyed the the rap portion of this throughout the entire thing which i will say is not something i'm always a fan of but well done here and then lastly, I'd say I really enjoyed the drops on this. Again, I really like the grandiose nature of Apache's songs, and I don't think that this one disappoints with it. But, Samir, I can kind of sense that you might disagree with me a little bit No, here. dude, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think I think throughout the course of us doing this podcast, I think you've always been a bigger fan of Apache than I have. Yeah, definitely. Look, I'm not going to deny that this guy has some serious talent, and he puts a lot of care and a lot of thoughts into his tracks. But, yeah, the rap was good. But then again, like, there's just nothing that really made me say, like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Is that in comparison to his other tracks or is that just in, in general? Because when I... In a vacuum. I, um, in a, well, <laughs> well, yeah. Is it in a vacuum or are you it comparing is in a vacuum. it to... It, okay, so you're looking at this in a vacuum. Okay. Yeah. And, and look, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the good, the bad, and the fake. You know, we talked about that. Man, we talked about that a while ago on this show. Wow, um, I know. Yeah, it's, it's right. been a long time. But... This song, Distance, I don't know, it just wasn't, it wasn't grabbing for me. You know what I mean? I like, I like the soundscape he was putting together, but I don't know. I, I could see myself kind of easily skipping this song. Interesting on that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because as you said, the soundscape that he creates for me is enough to have me really interested because yeah. I, I find it quite unique. I don't really know. I mean, off the top of head, my least, I can't think of anyone else who has such a incorporates at least the organ elements as well as the just. Is it's not? How do you describe it? I don't. It's like opera, right? Like it's almost like opera. Yeah, it's track. operatic. Yeah, it's like <laughs> grandiose. Know, it's, yeah, you know, it's got that. The only other person I'd say who's got very similar, not similar. Um, it just also focuses on the cinematic elements. Is our good friend Scribe. So I, I guess we can agree to disagree on this one. I, and I like this one a little bit more than than you did. But at least I'm actually glad that you like the rap part. I was. Sure yeah, I did. Like I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. There's something to agree on. Right. Yeah, there you go. Moving onwards. This is Samir's new favorite group, the Chainsmokers. Oh, they boy. Oh, teamed okay. up with Kaigo for the track Family. All right, guys. You know me. You know me. I'll be the first one to say it that I do not like the Chainsmokers, but I enjoyed this song. I really did. I think this is going to be a cool song for the summer i think we're going to be hearing this in a lot of sets i think we're going to be hearing this a lot in uh at ultra i think we're gonna be hearing it a lot during festival season 2020 as well i think the reason why i really like this track a lot is because i think it had a lot of kaigo's production in it i thought kaigo's influence on this track was very very apparent and i gotta say drew from the chain smokers he sounded good in this track too and i thought drop was done very very creatively Really like that part a lot. Honestly, overall, this is a pretty solid track from the Chainsmokers, and that that was not something I'd ever expect myself to say. 
but here we are. And and I'll give credit where it's due. Alec, what'd you think? Nah, I'm not with you here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest. Well. I, uh, yeah, no. Well, I think right? I'm just not a huge fan of Kygo. To be perfectly honest, I'll go out and say it. I think I, I like his vibes, but I'm just not biggest fan of his maybe some more of his older stuff but recently i've just not been a big fan of kaigo again this is really a song for me i just don't really there's nothing about it that makes me say i want to listen to this again (laughs) 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 to be perfectly blunt about it i mean i just i thought it was it's just it just sounded to me pretty generic yeah okay well it sounded kind of generic to me a a generic chain smokers kaigo song you know it's like are you you thinking about this in a vacuum are you? Is your Hoover vacuum on right now? What's going on? It's not a vacuum, relative. Whatever way you want to slice and dice this baby, I am gonna keep it the same. I really don't find any urge to listen to this track again. Wow! It's almost like for me, I don't want to be too harsh here, but I'm gonna go ahead and be a bit harsh. Do it. Um, if I envisioned Cargo and Chainsmokers teaming up, this is exactly what I thought they would produce. Ah, okay. So right. I, I don't well, want to, I'm sure there's a market for, for it to be there with people. And again, I always like to preface when being harsh on someone, because I'm sure there's someone out there who might be a little butthurt from me criticizing it this harshly. I think I have immense respect for the Chainsmokers and Kygo as artists. Uh, I'm sure they're lovely people as well. And they've done a lot of great work in the past. And I think they're very talented. However, this song for me, just as a consumer of electronic music, is not for me at all. And I have no real urge to go back and listen to it again. So <laughs> let's uh, let's move into rating these two pieces of music. So here on Beyond the Beats, we have our own unique rating scale. You know, returning listeners, you guys already know this part. So feel free to skip ahead a little bit. And uh, new listeners, welcome. We have a unique rating scale here here on Beyond the Beats. And it's, it's levels one through five. And level one is, you know, the lowest level that we usually give out, give to tracks, and level five is the highest. So starting from level one, we call it One Listen. It's basically where Alec and I will pick up a piece of music, and we'll talk about it, you know, but that's probably going to be the only time that we really listen to this piece, and, you know, we're encouraging you guys to at least give the track One Listen. Level two is called background noise, and it's pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, if a song comes on in the background, you're not going to really make much of an effort to change it. You know, you don't really care if it's there. You might be doing other things, and it's whatever. It's just, it's there in the background to keep you company. Level three is what we call turn it up. It's when a song comes on and it propels you to grab the volume knob and crank it up, blast it out loud. And level four is what we call just bought tickets. It's when you hear a piece of music and it propels you to want to... Uh, you know, look up the tour dates for an artist that you were listening to and try to find out when they're coming to your city next because you just got to hear them live. You just got to hear more. And level five is speechless. It's when you hear a piece of music and it's just you and the tune and that's all that matters. Everything else fades away. So just to reiterate real quick, level one is one listen. Level two is background noise. Level three is turn it up. Level four is just bought tickets. And level five is speechless. Alec. Prieto. Submit. My dude. What did you think of the song Family by the Chainsmokers and Kygo? What are your thoughts? I'm going to give it a speechless. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, why do you got to do that? Why you got to be like that? <laughs> yeah, I don't, that was a little dickish. Okay, I'm not giving it a speechless. I'm going to go ahead and give it a one listen. <laughs> one Whoa! Out of five. Whoa I just wee. was not really a fan of this, man. And Again, I'm saying it because it's genuinely a one listen for me. I have no intentions on going back and listening to this again. 
Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> I okay. started off on a very negative no, note. That's Again, okay. people, you can have your differing opinions just for yeah. me. It is, don't, I don't want to see your Twitter fingers coming at me, all right? Don't come I at me. I appreciate the honesty. I'll, I'm going to give this a turn it up. When I leave after we finish recording this podcast, I'm going to play this song again as I'm walking towards the uh, the subway. And uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this song. I, I like this song. I think it's pretty catchy. So uh, that's the Chainsmokers and Kygo teaming up with, for the song Family. Again, never thought I would give a favorable rating to the Chainsmokers here on the show. But here we are. You know, sometimes, you know, surprises come out of nowhere. I know Alec is not a fan, but that's chill. <laughs> it's all right. It happens. <laughs> what do you think of the song Distance by Pashi featuring Geoffroy? I'm going to go ahead and give this a level four out of five. It just nice. bought tickets for me. I was really about this song, man. And... This is this is a song I'd want to see live, which is why I'm giving it, rather than just a, a level three, I say just, I mean, rather than giving it a level three, a turn it up, which is also a very good rating, what pushed it over to the level four designation and rating for me is the fact that I'd really like to see this song live. Um, and that's really what did it. I've always wanted to go see Apache, um, but this song I would also particularly like to hear played out live. All right, man. What about you? What are you giving it? Yeah, dude. Uh, I wasn't as favorable on this song as you were. Definitely not going to give it a one listen, though. Like, it's, it's fine <laughs> if, if it comes on in the background. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give this song a background noise. I can appreciate what Apache's doing, and I can appreciate the kind of cinematic world that he builds up and, and just, like, his overall – the overall vibe and the tone that he's going for in his tracks. I can appreciate that. But there was really nothing about this track that made me want to, you know, keep listening to the song or even like grab the volume knob or turn it up. Like if it's on so the background, you're gonna fine. give you're gonna give the Chainsmokers a better rating than this song. Hey, I, I did it, and I'd <gasps> do it again. I'll live, but my heart aches. I know, aches. I know. I I could like I could hear it breaking over there. You're like, dude, you're taking the Chainsmokers Come over a No, but to be all right, to be, to be fair though, I I don't really think you can compare the two. Yeah, I will give you that, Dick. All right, dude, let's, uh, let's move into it, all right? Our favorite section of the show. All right, we love these guys. We love everything that, that the artists that we're watching are doing. Alec just saw Tyler Lawrence live in San Francisco. He had a good time there. Quiet Bison is on the Electric Forest lineup. But you know what? We got two more artists that we're watching here for you guys, all right? So check it out. Alec, why don't you kick us off, man? Tell us about the artists that you're watching this week. So I'm going a little bit further away from what I typically put in this section. I decided to go out, expand my horizons a bit, and scour the web, and including Reddit, because this is where I initially had found this person from. What is the genre I am delving into? It is future base, which I feel like over the last year or so has gotten a little bit more of a negative connotation associated to it because there's been a little bit of saturation in there and everyone in the mother and brother is trying out future base, <laughs> but someone who does it correctly, someone who does it right, and someone who puts their own little twist and flair onto it is Caramel with a capital L at the end. This is the sounds of Caramel, some awesome future bass. It's building up right now and it'll take you into that sweet, sweet future bass drop. This is his remix of Akira's Hope That It's You. Save me cause sometimes I fall just to see who's around yeah. Oh I'm hoping that it's you Hoping that it's you Parkour could have passed too Hoping that it's you Hoping that it's you 
Nice. Really, really like what uh, what Caramel did here. I actually took a listen to the original by Kira as well, and then I listened to this song as well after you sent it to me. I like I like the remix better. I'll be honest. Ooh. I thought this remix actually Ooh. smacked it up pretty nice. What'd you think, Alec? How'd you? I so agree. you found him on Reddit? Yeah, I, can't, I I wish I could give credit to where. Um, maybe I'll go back and try find it again and put it in the show notes because there is someone who who mentioned this and mentioned a couple other people too who I thought were very very good as well. But I, I found it on Reddit. I mean, this this person uh, Caramel was. There's not too too much information out there on him or her. Um, they've only got 2,400 followers on soundcloud uh they are starting to get onto spotify as well it's had uh, releases on future based net in extremist network which i have heard of as well before and future vibes so this is a very future based focused artist the other thing I, I will say probably the one and only thing with this is the vocals it was good for me right nothing that blew me away the vocals didn't quite blow me away but that drop though the drop yeah, absolutely dude just it fleshed out all of the emotion and passion in the song and it was just incredibly creative and puts a little bit of a twist on what can be quite a samey sounding genre that is future bass i just absolutely love the drops on this and i i just i i can see this person going places and I wanted to give this person a big, big shout out. And I think it might be, Samir, I don't know if you can remember, but mm. this might be the first future bass artist that I featured here. Oh, yeah, that you featured? Yeah, Alec. Mm-hmm. Wow, dude, 41 episodes later. Yeah, I think I know, you're I know. Right. That's crazy. I, 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 right? I mean, I, it's it's hard because sometimes, you know, you, you know when you're in a certain mood for things, right? And you tend to, you know, I guess as the seasons change, you're, you're sometimes more yeah. in a mood for a particular genre, subgenre. But I, I purposely went out and tried to find something a little bit different and i was very surprised i found you know i came across guy just not too much digging but i tell you what you know he or she has got some serious serious talent and yeah. i'd love this is a track i'd love to hear live as well so i'm glad you liked it too man i, I really did man I, i'm really really pumped up on this and thank you for bringing this to our attention all right let me introduce you guys to my artist that i'm watching this week so first of all let me tell you how i found this artist okay and this is what I'm saying, guys. Give us a follow on, on Twitter at PodB2B or shoot us a DM on Instagram at B2B.pod. Give us a follow there. Because every once in a while, Alec and I will reach out to, to the social media world. And we'll be like, hey, who are some of the artists that you're watching? Some of the small underground artists that you guys are watching or are fans of? Let us know. Tag them. Uh, send us some of their music. Whatever. Uh, and, and tag yourself. If you're a producer, let us know. We want to hear your music because we have featured artists uh, that have tagged themselves or sent us their music that we really enjoyed, right? And this case, it's no different. So on Twitter, I put out the question like, who are some of the artists that you guys are watching that are a little bit more underground? And somebody have responded back with Misfit, spelled M-S-F-T, a 23-year-old from Italy specializing in trap. This guy has quite the career already with him but you know what he's got such a great way to go i'm really looking forward to all the support that he's going to get from some of the big names that have already supported him so check it out right he's remixed the likes of ikali bauer troy boy muramasa and he's had some of his tracks played by zed's dead and alice in wonderland on their radio shows so you already know that we're dealing with some top quality from misfit okay but you know what i want to i want to play this song for you guys this song just absolutely grabbed my head and just shook me all around man let me tell you the song it's called not my birthday guys take a listen to this track you are going to love it let me know if you know where that sample is from (laughs) 
man going in hard i can see why this song just shook you all over it did with me too i can just imagine that bass rumbling on the dude craziness right i mean it's just that it's the creativity man i love when people are able to take like a vocal sample and just get creative with it you know what i mean me too so he's got that he's got that that lyric from 50 cent you know what i mean like go (laughs) go 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 shot it it's your birthday. Yeah, so he's got that sample. And Should've taken just... yours. Should've taken your sample. <laughs> yeah, man. why didn't he awesome. sample me? Come on, Misfit. Come on. And anyway, <laughs> so he's got this great sample from 50 Cent. He reworked what we thought we knew about that song, and he made it into something completely different. And I love that, because that's creativity at its finest, right? Taking something that people... Like, everybody knows that song. Everybody knows where that sample is from. But now to really take it and make it your own, I thought I think that somebody like that deserves an immense amount of respect you know what? This guy, like I said, has already gotten some fantastic support from Alice in Wonderland. Zed's dead. He's done a guest mix for Fucks With It. So shout out to them. Shout out to their team. You know, we love them on this show. Really, really just impressed with what this guy's doing. And I cannot wait to see where he goes next. My man, that is a fantastic way to end this episode. I couldn't agree with you more. I think we've Thank got you, two phenomenal artists. And I like to say we usually do. And I hope everyone agrees. But I can't believe it. It's 41 episodes and we're near the end of our first ever it's season. Weird. I mean, oh, don't get me all sentimental, man. It's been a hell yeah, of a it's journey. Just, it's weird. I know, brother. It really has been a, a crazy journey. You know, we got, we, we're taking a break on December 18th. Um, a much needed break, I feel like. You know what I mean? We, we grind. <laughs> we grind yeah, hard. There's a lot. But there's a lot. I was thinking about it, man. Like, while we are taking the break, I'm like, damn, what am I going to do with, like, all this free time while we're, <laughs> while we're taking a break? You know what I mean? Sleep. Yeah, sleep. Yep, yep. Um, I'll be on vacation. I know you're moving. So, dude, shout out to you. Really pumped yeah, up on that. Apartment. You guys are selling into a new spot. That's awesome. Love this. Love you. I'm so glad we're doing this. And oh, love uh, you EDM too. champions, hope you guys are enjoying the show as well. Alex, do you have anything else for our EDM champions before we head out? Yeah, I'd say just make sure to check out the playlists. I've spent night and day trying to get together <laughs> all these different playlists. Yeah. And I tell you what, that's something that you can also look forward to over the season break. I will be adding more and more, but I will be putting up by the time that this episode is released. You'll have the music from episode 40 and 41. Remember, these playlists are on Spotify. The link will be in the show notes, but you can also find us by just typing in Beyond the Beats and make sure you hit the user profile. It's not associated with our podcast profile that we have on spotify once you go there you'll be able to see all of the music that we've mentioned in its entirety uh throughout each and every episode bear in mind it's not these are not selections necessarily that we really enjoy it's just all of the music put together in the playlist so that you can take a listen another thing to bear in mind too is that these playlists are categorized by episodes of four so you'll see them in episodes of four so this will be episode 40 to episode 44 Also, make sure to check out on our SoundCloud the various different playlists that we have on there too. That's where we put the artists that we're watching. Just because a lot of these artists are small, they may not have a Spotify profile. So rather than have two different you know, places for playlists where one is not complete, decided to move the artists that we're watching specifically, those playlists are going to be on SoundCloud. And again, you can just type up Beyond the Beat in the search box and find us there please give us a follow and let us know about these playlists again if you have any recommendations on songs that you'd like us to feature or artists you can reach out to us on pod btb on twitter or at btb.pod on instagram but my man after that housekeeping i am all done and cannot wait Perfect. to get to recording our next episode 
Love it, man. All right, guys, we will talk to you real soon for episode 42. And guess what? We have an artist spotlight coming out real soon as well. So take a listen to that very, very soon. But until then, 